Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Ray Penny with New Jersey School Board Association. Welcome to another edition of um, uh, 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 Blog Talk Radio, where we talk about uh, education matters. Um, so uh, this is a conversation on New Jersey education. With us today, we'll have uh, the superintendent from the District of Patterson, uh, and we'll be talking about her effort uh, to meet the, the digital divide in her district. And also we'll have with us, uh, we do have with us uh, Jerry Kakiti, who is the uh, vice, regional vice president for TROX, and we'll talk about their partnership with the school district in a minute. But if you want to um, participate, all you have to do is call one 347-989-8904, and then press the number one, and that will let us know that you want to, you have a question or you want to pass something on. Um, or you can just log in with uh, Blog Talk Radio. We have a chat room feature where you can just type in questions, and I will take them. Uh, as I said earlier on, uh, what we'll be focusing on today is the uh, the district of Patterson, where they had uh, not just Patterson, but a lot of districts. Once we went into this pandemic mode and we did a lot of uh, virtual learning, we had to, uh, you know, have the equipment to do this virtual learning. And some districts, you know, frankly, just did not have that, not just in New Jersey, but across the, the country. So uh, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, we're still waiting for Superintendent, uh, uh, Superintendent Schaefer. But with us is Jerry uh, from Trox. Uh, Jerry, just uh, introduce yourself and what your uh, company does. And then we'll get into the Patterson incident. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having us today. Um, my name is Jerry Skakiti. I'm the regional vice president of sales for Trox here in the northeast part of the country. And Trox, for those who are not familiar with us, uh, we're the leading end-to-end solution provider in New Jersey for educational technology in K-12 schools. Nationally, we are the leading end-to-end provider specifically Alisa. focused on K-12 and higher education markets, right? We bring computer solutions, AV solutions, uh, STEM equipment, collaborative learning spaces but to tens of millions of students across listen, the country. I'm the one being interviewed. All right. I think we do. All right. I think, Eileen, I think we do. Uh, is this the superintendent? Yes, I'm on. Okay. Hi. How are you? This I'm is Ray Payne with School Boards. I'm very good. Uh, Jerry was just talking a little bit about trucks because we had already started. So, uh, Eileen, uh, we were going to talk about how your district, uh, the Patterson School District, you know, had a little bit of a dilemma, as did a lot of districts with the digital divide. But before we get started now, could you explain a little bit for people who are at other ends of the state, they may only know a little bit about uh, Patterson? Sure, sure. So um, Patterson is uh, an urban district. We have 52 schools, uh, 14 different high school programs, uh, 30,000 students. Um, We're located about 20 minutes uh, from New York City. Um, I've been here um, 30 years uh, and worked my way up to be uh, superintendent. Um, We have 99% free and reduced lunch. Um, okay. We have an elected elected board. We've been under uh, state control since uh, 1991, uh, and we're pushing very hard right now to get uh, local control, hopefully uh, in January. 
So what was the dilemma? I mean, I, I when I opened the show, we pretty much overnight had to go into like some virtual learning. Uh, and what was the situation in Patterson when this first occurred late last spring? Um, so when when the governor shut down the schools uh, March 17th, um, we were when I became superintendent four years ago. Uh, one of my first initiatives was to have one-to-one devices for all of our students. So year one, we were able to get uh, devices for all of our high school students. When year two came, uh, of course, there wasn't additional money that we could use uh, to start working on our middle schools and elementary. Uh, So what was happening was individual principals uh, were able uh, to get some devices for middle school and elementary school students. Um, We had two new schools, uh, and so they were uh, able to get, they came with devices for every student. Uh, School number 16 and Dr. Hani Awadawa School, uh, which was built by the SBA, um, they came with one-to-one devices. So what that meant for us when March 17th came was that we were now going to have to have paper packets every two weeks for our students to complete in order to be able uh, to provide them with an education. So if you remember earlier, I said we have 30,000 children, um, um, two weeks worth of packets every two weeks. So wow. that's how we start. That's how we started out, uh, and and also keep in mind our high school students were not taking home uh, their one-to-one devices, their their devices. They were not taking them home at that time. So everyone, K to twelve, were doing paper packets, um, and so parents had to come out, uh, and we had uh, fourteen meal sites at that point because we have been distributing meals twice a week since March. Uh, In fact, we're going to just start uh, right after Thanksgiving distributing meals uh, for enough for seven days a week, including holidays, because we know how important it is uh, for us to be responsible uh, to get meals to our children. So the parents were coming on a Monday and a Wednesday to get the packets uh, and to drop them off. So you can imagine... Uh, you now have 30,000 children completing packets, picking them up, condensed into 14 sites, uh, and also dropping them off. And then what we had to do was we brought them down to our central office, uh, and my deputy superintendent was in charge of this project. They were uh, logging them all in so that students could get credit for that. So it was our our entire cafeteria, which is pretty large, uh, was filled with boxes of packets. Uh, And the packets had to be labeled. Otherwise, you know, your child might not get credit for it. That was a huge undertaking. Huge undertaking. So so you needed to get devices in the hands of all your students. uh, Oh, absolutely. Particularly for the start of this year, right? Yes. And that was looking a little grim from my understanding that because there was like a backlog. So how did you go about getting these um, devices uh, so that you could open the school year with devices for your students? Because it, it is so important now to have them. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, you know, our problem was always we didn't have the money. 
but we had the what we could get the product. What happened uh, with the pandemic was we had the money, we couldn't get the product. Um, and so in April, we uh, started to give our, our high school students their devices. They came, uh, we, we sanitized all of them, uh, and we had loan agreements, and the parents and the students came, and all of our high school students had devices by the end of April. But now we had to concentrate on our uh, elementary schools. So some of our middle school students had them. If the principals had them, uh, they, too, did the loan agreements, and the parents and the students came to get them. But we had an order for about 14,000 devices, um, and we were assured that that order uh, was going to come in during the summer. So uh, my technology folks were constantly on this calling uh, the company. Are we on track? Are we going to get them? Because we also knew when we got the 14,000 devices, um, we had to uh, put certain programs on them that we needed, uh, do a white glove process, uh, and then have parents and students come pick up those 14,000 and sign the loan agreements. So we needed a little lead time to do that, um, and we wanted to make sure we had them in the hands of the students uh, by the first day of school in September. Well, we were supposed to get the devices around mid-February, uh, mid-July. Uh, that went to the end of July, uh, and now we're at the middle of August, and we still don't have the devices. So it was around mid-August that we found out uh, that uh, there was a problem in China, uh, and that the devices, uh, there was the, some labor uh, laws that were being violated. Um, and so we were not going to be able to get those devices. Those factories where they were making them uh, were shut down. So we now had to scramble, and, and I mean scramble, to see what we could do. Well, we didn't have a lot of time. We had about two weeks, three to most, uh, in order to get the devices in our students' hands for the first day of school. Um, and I have to tell you, my technology department and the deputy superintendent, um, they they did whatever they could do. They reached out to every company possible uh, and vendor uh, to see if they had any inventory uh, quantities that could match what our needs were. Uh, and at that point, we needed about 14,000. Um, we found a vendor, and, and that vendor was uh, totally honest with us. It was Truxel. Um, and and told they strongly uh, guaranteed the delivery of devices, uh, and that was the best news we had heard in a long time. Uh, so we we quickly uh, you know got the order to them, um, and now we had to wait and see uh, and make sure that you know they were going to be able to uh, deliver. Well, sure enough, uh, right before Labor Day weekend. Um, we were going to receive the devices. Uh, and so uh, at that point, we had all hands on deck. We asked for volunteers, uh, and we had folks working throughout uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, and that following week, because our students weren't coming in uh, till, till the next week. Um, so we uh, were able then to have all the devices ready for distribution, uh, and now we had to uh, get out to the parents and the students that they could now come to the schools um, and pick up the devices. Now, keep in mind that 
not everybody wanted to come out to help because of the pandemic, and, and I can certainly understand that. Um, and so we had to set up tables, make sure we were wearing masks, social distance, um, and really place the, the device on the table, have the parents sign the uh, loan agreement, uh, you know, sanitize the pens, or everything you needed to do uh, so that folks could get on their way and, and had a device. And it was really because of everybody working together, the principals, supervisors, teachers, secretaries, instructional assistants, uh, everybody volunteered um, to help us out. Uh, now, the unfortunate piece was that during that period of time, it was very hot. Uh, and so here we had uh, parents uh, lining up, uh, you know, around the corner, down the street uh, to get devices. And because our, our volunteer list was not huge, uh, you, you waited pretty long in line to get a device. Um, and okay. that all happened uh, that, about that first week of September uh, from, from Labor Day weekend on uh, in order to get everybody uh, a device. Now, I just want to uh, reiterate the number 14,000 devices. That's a lot of devices. Uh, some, you know, most districts probably don't, don't even have that many students. Um, I just want to go to Jer shift to Jerry a little bit. Jerry, how were you able to get all those devices in a short amount of time? And then I'm going to go back to uh, the superintendent to see what the impact is if she didn't have them. Sure. You know, it's, sometimes timing is everything. And, um, you know, we were we heard about um, actually our county executive, Brian Morton, read an article on NJ.com about the device need in the district. And at the same time that folks in the district were reaching out trying to secure devices, he was reaching out to the district trying to let them know that we thought – um, we might be able to help them solve their problem. We were we were expecting a, a large shipment of HP devices uh, into our warehouse, and you know, looking at the numbers, we felt that we might be able to allocate the devices to the district to help meet their needs. And you know, as the superintendent said, I mean, this was such a, an amazing team effort on on Patterson's part. I mean, they really had everybody helping out, you know, from start to finish. You know, she mentioned the white glove service, which was a, an enormous undertaking. You know, that, that typically we would say for a district of this size would be a, a, at least a couple weeks, uh, and generally it's done by a third party. But, uh, you know, Patterson made the decision. They were able to pivot quickly um, and get all those devices white gloved, registered, you know, with the Chrome licensing and ready for the students in, what, three and a half days, which is a, a pretty amazing feat, really. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's an unbelievable feat, uh, Superintendent Schaefer. Um, I do have to say, you must have been a little, a slight panic a little bit when you're into mid-August and you don't have these devices. Um, but what's the impact if you don't get them on yeah, your so, uh, on your students? The, yeah, the the it, it had a major impact on, on me. You know, loss of sleep um, and and worrying because I knew the nightmare of doing paper packets. Um, and to answer your question, if we didn't have the devices, we were going back to paper packets for everybody except the high schools um, and the couple of middle schools that had devices. And, and that is, first of all, it's difficult because parents have to come out to get them with the meat when they come for meals or students are coming out. Um, and then it's all about trying to, uh, get the students to return them, make sure they're labeled. Uh, it was just 
it was a nightmare trying to put that together. Um, and, and also keep in mind, you know, the pandemic uh, is still going on. There's all that uncertainty. And when you do paper packets, it's all review. It, it was not new teaching. So, you know, uh-huh. you can't teach somebody something new uh, on, a, on, a, on paper, you know. Uh, it's one thing if you buy something and you read the directions to put it together. Uh, it's another thing if you're trying to teach children, um, you know, how to do, how to multiply fractions for the first time, uh, just sending them some directions. It, it's very difficult. Um, and we yeah, I would think it's... Yep. We, we also have a high... So the edu- high need- yeah, so the educational impact would have been, like, tremendous. Because absolutely, it's absolutely. not the same learning. No, it's and and it's not continuous uh, instruction uh, and teaching and learning. Uh, keep in mind, we also have four thousand children that are special needs, so we had to make sure that that they were taken care of as well. Um, and we have about uh, three thousand um, early childhood students, so you know we were able to get them um, touch. Um, touch screens um, for the younger students, special ones for our special needs, depending on their uh, classification. Um, but as, as um, uh, Jerry said, this was really uh, a team effort. I mean, I couldn't have been happier to, to and more comfortable knowing that if I got these devices, I could, I could turn this around because I knew the team that I had. Um, that was the only saving grace. I knew that everybody was going to work as hard as they could to make this happen, um, and that's exactly what they did. They knew from the beginning how important it was um, and how many of our students were behind the eight ball not having uh, a device. Uh, and so they knew that we, if we got the devices, we needed to make this happen, um, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, I don't know where we would be if we we did not get the devices or if my technology folks um, didn't come upon uh, Truxel because not having a device right now uh, and and the pandemic is kicking up again, um, it would just be devastating for 30,000 children uh, out there trying to learn. And I have to tell you, our teachers and our students and our parents are all working together. Um, You know, we have our glitches here and there. Um, but teaching and learning is going on, uh, and if we didn't have devices, that would not that would not have happened. Okay, we're talking with uh, the superintendent from the school district of Patterson uh, in North Jersey, Passaic County, Eileen Schaefer, and Jerry uh, Skakiti, who's the vice president for Trox, uh, which is the company that uh, provided the the devices. I just want to do a little follow up with you, Jerry. Um, what are I mean, this is something that. I think it's going to be something that's going to be ongoing, even when the pandemic's over, the need for these devices and virtual learning will probably uh, still be with us. Uh, is there any advice you would give to people as they start moving down the districts, as they move down this road? Yeah. You know, I mean, every district is moving down this road right now, right? Because of the pandemic and, you know, you, you know, districts have a mix. Some are completely remote right now. Some are kind of in a hybrid model. But the bottom line is all of these device or all of these districts and all of the students really need to have a device in their hand, like Eileen said, 
You, you can't do instruction without being able to communicate with the student. You can't do that through a paper packet. And, you know, as a company, we strive every day to serve our education customers through a variety of means. And that's really, that's core to our values. Uh, and especially as you alluded to, Ray, you know, right now with the demand for remote learning technology being at an all-time high, you know, the best advice, because there is such a, a high demand for one-to-one -one devices and, you know, a, a relative shortage as well is to, you know, make the decisions. Don't be afraid to make a change if you have to. You know, the, the devices that Patterson originally ordered isn't what we ended up selling to them. When, when Brian Morton originally spoke with the district, he let them know that we had comparable devices that were HP, not what they originally ordered. Um, and the district was willing to, you know, quickly evaluate the device, recognize that it was a comparable model, and make the change quickly. And a lot of districts haven't done that. You know, we've worked with a lot of districts across the country that we've had similar conversations with, you know, Patterson. We'll, we'll speak with them, and they'll need 4,000, 5,000 devices, and they'll take a couple weeks to make that decision. Then they'll call us back, and those devices are already sold to another district because they're moving so quickly. So the advice would be to, you know, don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to make changes to get what you need, the technology you need, into the student's hands, um, and put those orders in as soon as you can because, you know, like most companies right now, kind of a first come first serve with orders and there's more orders frankly than there are devices right now oh yeah that's that's uh that is so true uh and i i think this was important uh superintendent uh schaefer what is your uh district now you're uh remote learning right yeah no hybrid or anything like that in any of your schools or anything like that no we we had uh we had planned over the summer to come in with a hybrid uh, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, two days in, three days remote. Um, but as as things continued, um, and and Patterson, the city of Patterson was hit hard uh, with the with the pandemic in the spring, uh, and so our board of education in August decided let's keep everybody remote, uh, and then we mm -hmm. tried again to do it in November, um, and we saw an uptick uh, early November. We saw another uptick. Um, and now we're looking uh, to come back at some point in January. Uh, but again, uh, things, things are not looking good uh, to, to, to come back uh, yet. No, uh, it's, one, it's hard to predict the future. I do have a, a comment or a question in the chat room uh, from uh, Jason who said, thank you for bridging uh, the digital so, – most of the digital divide, and she, and he has a good comment. It probably seemed like it was the Bering Strait, not just the little divide. Um, and it's working now. Uh, what are some of your long-term thoughts as you proceed with extended, uh, with virtual learning, uh, maybe even if we get back to brick and mortar? What is the district looking at long-term? Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, we learned a, a, a good lesson here. Um, when you're thrown into something, you know, the kids can take the responsibility of having a device. Um, we did have to put some uh, parameters in now about devices that uh, come back broken or the screen is broken um, or something like that. Uh, so we do have parents bringing devices back. We had to put a process in for that. Um, I do think eventually when we get back to some type of normalcy, uh, you'll see uh, states going with uh, remote for snow days uh, because they know that mm -hmm. that's a possibility now. Um, and, and you know, even looking at certain courses uh, and classes to be that could be remote, um, especially when it comes to 
uh, the high school. Uh, we have some of our kids right now that are doing dual enrollment uh, with our, our neighboring colleges, um, and they're doing all of that remote. So uh, it's certainly preparing students for college, uh, if that's what they choose to do, uh, because most colleges uh, are remote, but they also offer online classes uh, even without a pandemic. So I, I think it's helpful. Um, the other thing that we did was we were able to have a partnership with Altice, um, and so we have Wi-Fi for every uh, student. And so every student who didn't have Wi-Fi before now has Wi-Fi on their computer um, when they bring it, uh, when they have it at home. Uh, and that was also a big, a big piece because when you're in an, an urban setting like we are, um, you know, any other home, you might think, oh, Wi-Fi is, you know, like having, uh, you know, the television. Well, that's not the case uh, in, in urban settings. And so we needed to uh, come up with a way that all of our students would be able to have Wi-Fi uh, and be able to use their devices. Um, and we were able to do that uh, with, with Altice um, and also to get them right on the computer when the kids take them home. So that, that was a big plus. The other thing that we put in place that has been really helpful is we have a, uh, a technology hotline. So if any parent or a student at any given time has an issue with their device, um, they can call this hotline number um, and we try to troubleshoot immediately so there's no lost time uh, from instruction. Uh, you brought up an excellent point. Sometimes it's not just the device where there's a digital divide, it's the connection. Uh, the right. Wi-Fi, and, and that can happen in a lot of areas, even in a state like New Jersey. Um, we're getting toward, towards the end of our time, um, so I'm going to get a couple more uh, last-minute points that you might want to make. Um, Jerry, what's the, from your perspective, uh, what are, you did allude to that people probably, because of the shortage of devices and the, the great demand for them, that People might need to make their decisions a little faster. What about anything you should say they could do while they have them in terms of professional development or maintenance or, or as they move forward in this? Yeah, you know, I mean, this is, you know, we, we've seen such a dramatic, um, quick paradigm shift in K-12 education. You know, going one-to-one -one is something that a lot of districts have been moving towards over the last five to ten years, but this is really – um, created a, an immediate need. You know, as the superintendent alluded to, you know, we, we're talking specifically about just getting the devices, but there's so much more to, uh, you know, maintaining the device. There is insurance on the device or having a means to repair the devices when they get dropped. I mean, we're, we're talking about kids age 5 through 18. You know, devices get dropped, they get broken, they get cracked. There's got to be a, a means to repair those devices. What is the entire life cycle management of the devices look at not just acquiring it and insuring it but after five or six years when it's time to retire the device and bring in a new device um, you know we do buybacks we do a lot of things so we can work with districts and we can help them manage that entire cycle you know from the initial purchase right to the retirement of the device to ensure that it's it's, it's kept on it's kept going and that the student has you know can use it seamlessly moving forward she also mentioned things like you know internet access I think there's been such a focus on devices, but we don't realize in, in how many of the large urban settings or school districts across the country, that's a real challenge. So, you know, it's fantastic that Patterson was able to get that up and running. But we can really, you know, we'd love, you know, we appreciate the partnership 
uh, with Patterson, we're really glad that we were able to help them, you know, meet the need of getting the devices. And, you know, all of those pieces go into having the students use devices and, and maintain that moving forward because this isn't going to go away. You know, if, when the vaccine comes out and, and this is all over a year, whatever it is, um, one-to-one devices are here to stay in the K-12 classroom, and school districts really need to think about what that entire life cycle process for managing the devices looks like. And uh, Superintendent Schaefer, what about you? Uh, moving forward, what were the main lessons as you move forward uh, that you think you'll, you know, to me, educate, education changed overnight. So uh, any final thoughts from you? It, so, you know, I think there's another component that's really uh, critical, and, and that is professional development and training. Um, it's one thing to have the device. It's another thing to know how to use it. Um, and there's so many different things that you could do, um, you know, that could do small classes, breakout rooms, things like that. Um, so we have workshops for, uh, we had even uh, during the summer, uh, and we continue to have now workshops for uh, parents, for students for, and for teachers. Uh, and we, we break it down by grade level. Uh, we break it down by special needs. If you're a parent of a special needs child. Um, uh, so we want to make sure that everyone knows how to use the device. Um, because sometimes the students, they get frustrated um, and their parents there, but if the parent doesn't know what to do, uh, then it becomes a problem. So we have ongoing workshops. Uh, I think, you know, the biggest away from all of this um, is you've you got to surround yourself with a team of people doing whatever uh, whatever it takes to get the job done. But you also have to have positive working relationships and partnerships with vendors um, because you never know when you might need them in an emergency. Um, and this is certainly uh, an example of that. You know, uh, Trox was there uh, when we reached out to them. We had had a relationship with them prior so you always want to keep the lines of communication open. Uh, you want to be transparent, uh, but you want to have good working relationships with, with your vendors um, and with your staff because you just never know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't know of too many people that would give up a Labor Day weekend uh, and, and stand outside and give out devices. But we had it here, uh, and we were able to get the job done. Okay, that's bring us to the end of this uh, program. I have to say, uh, it's a great story. Uh, I'm sure uh, the superintendent doesn't want to go through any anxiety like that again. Uh, <laughs> no. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, and we're all, I always say, we're building the plane in the air during this pandemic in the education, and we're doing the best we can. So, I'd like to thank um, Jerry uh, Skutkiti, uh, I didn't pronounce his name as well that time, for joining us from Trox and the superintendent Eileen Schaefer from the district of Patterson for how they help working together to meet the, uh, the, the digital divide in the city of Patterson. Thank you both. All yeah, right. Thanks thank for having you. A break. And I hope everyone enjoyed the program.